So welcome guys to a special edition of the Swarmcast. Your host Sean Bach today, David, is absent on this one, so I've decided to take charge. Um, we have a special guest today, Anna Kaiser. Before we introduce Anna, I kind of wanted to, you know, at HawkeyeInsider.com, most of our coverage has to do with recruiting, basketball, football, sometimes baseball, what have you, NFL stuff, NBA stuff um, for the former Hawkeyes, but I felt like with the expectations coming into this wrestling season for the Iowa program that, you know, we'd be dumb not to cover this team and preview it as well. So with that being said, I'd like to bring on Anna Kaiser, who covers rest, Iowa wrestling and Iowa high school wrestling for IA Wrestle. Anna was a sport, was the sports editor at the Daily Iowa in her senior year, covered wrestle, recovered wrestling, worked at Flow Wrestling after graduation for a few months. And now, like I said before, covers Iowa wrestling for IA Wrestle. Anna is also the baseball communications coordinator for the Indianapolis Indians, um, which is the AAA affiliate for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, Anna, you got a lot on your plate, don't you? I do, yeah. I'm a very busy person. Yeah, so kind of, you know, before we go into, you know, previewing the season and talking about the 2020 season as well, touching on that, kind of go through your experience. I mean, I touched, I talked about, you know, your credentials, but kind of talk about your experience with wrestling, covering wrestling a bit. Yeah, so I started covering wrestling the 2018-2019 season. Um, it's actually a funny story. My editor at the time wanted me to cover it for 2017-2018, Spencer Lee's first run at an NCAA championship, and I basically refused. Um, I didn't know a lot about it, and then, you know, the next season just kind of decided to jump into it um, and found out that Iowa wrestling is actually pretty awesome. Um, the energy in Carver Hawk Arena when they're at home is unmatched, even if you're at a basketball game, you know, completely unmatched. Um, so yeah, just kind of fell in love with the sport, fell in love with covering the team and writing about it and really expanded my skill set and was lucky enough to continue it after graduation. Yeah. So what were some of the, I know you've been around for most of the Spencer Lee's career, but what were some of the big, you know, moments or matchups or duels that you've covered that really stand out to you? Yeah. So I had a chance to go to Pittsburgh in 2019 and cover Spencer Lee's second NCAA championship, which was awesome. I'm an experience that I hadn't had before um, in any sport, really. Um, so that was really fun. And then I guess the one that sticks out even more so than NCAAs in 2019 was the Penn State duel last year. I believe it was like January 31st um, when Michael Kemmerer beat then number one Mark Hall and the Hawkeyes narrowly took down the Nittany Lions um, and held their number one spot in the nation, which, you know, I think was just kind of a testament to the team at that time and really what they were going to do come March and then ended up not being able to do. Yeah, so I've known Anna since my freshman year of college at Iowa, so 2017, and I've been kind of following her writing, obviously. We're good friends, and I've been covering her or following her writing and, you know, what followed her coverage throughout the past couple of years, and it's really good stuff. I'm, I'm sure you guys would really appreciate it. And she, she brings a lot of good insight to the beat. So make sure you give her a follow on Twitter, um, but, and cover and listen and read her stuff. But before we go into 2021, obviously a lot of expectations there, but 2020, 13 overall, 9 0 in Big Ten. Iowa just absolutely dominates the conference. Most dominant wrestler in the country in Spencer Lee, Dan Hodge, trophy award winner. 
seven All-Americans, 10 qualifiers for the NCAA tournament. And then just like that, COVID-19 is everything, ends everything. So, you know, 2020, obviously a lot of people still talk about that. Just kind of go in depth of, you know, the 2020 season and what that kind of meant for the Iowa program. And like, just recap it a bit, you know, just like quickly, like what, what were some of the things that stood out from that year? Yeah, you know, so Iowa hasn't, hadn't won a Big Ten championship since 2010, hadn't won an NCAA team title since 2010. So 2020 going into it with Spencer Lee, Kemmer back, fully healthy, Alex Marinelli, everything like that um, was really like their year. Going into it from the get-go, everybody was, you know, we're ready to go, we're ready to wrestle, we're taking this home at the end of March. Um and for Tom Brands, you know, the entire program, after Gable had set such a standard for it, which some of you guys might not know about, I would highly encourage you to Google it. I'm not going to go into depth about all of that. Um, but the program was such a staple in the wrestling community nationally when Gable was a head coach and then had kind of fallen off in the last 10 years. Not completely, obviously. They were always in the running. Um, but 2020 was really the year that Iowa was by far the best team in the nation maybe, you know, second to Penn State until they finally took them down. Um, so that was huge. And to have it end the way it did was disappointing, not only for the wrestlers, but for the fans that have been following this team for their entire lives, me for a couple of years, and really like understanding what it means to the programming, having that taken away. You know, you have Spencer Lee, who apparently this year is even better than he was last year, which is completely terrifying for anybody that's going to face him. Um but yeah, you know, just having all these guys at their best and then having it stripped away from them because of COVID and something that's completely out of their control was really kind of heartbreaking. Um, so I think they take kind of an edge from that season. Um, and also like most of those guys are returning. So to take what they had last year, run through the Big Ten, be completely dominant, take down, you know, Ohio State, which I think was ranked number three at some point win like seven or eight out of those 10 matches. I'm, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, um, but just kind of steamroll everybody um, and be at the exact same strength, if not better than they were last year is incredible. Yeah. And Brands kind of talked about it when I watched the media day presser the other day, he kind of, you know, he was upset by it and he kind of said too, it's like, we got to find a way to make to have NCAAs this year. We got to have a, find a way to, make the season complete because, you know, just the total pain and distraught that that the whole team, the whole program, and like you said, the fan base as well, just seemed very, very, very unfortunate. I mean, obviously there's more important things in life than wrestling and sports, but you know, that's this, that's a lot of people's livelihood and, you know, they really didn't seem to take it well. And I mean, rightfully so, especially with all the talent they had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially for Pat Lugo, who was going into NCAAs as the number one seed, I won a Big Ten championship. And then to have that taken away from him in his senior season, he's the only one that's not back this year and doesn't kind of get a chance to avenge that. Um, so it just really – it was, I think, a hard time for the program, um, which now they luckily have – most of them at least have a chance to kind of bounce back from. Yeah, and that's a good transition to go into 2021. So I'll head on it right away. Who comes back from last year's team? Who are the guys that you're keeping a close eye on or who are the main – guys that are coming back for another year. Yeah. So um, I guess all things considered, they got kind of lucky that only one of their guys was graduating 
not only graduating, but in his final year of eligibility. You know, you have Michael Kemmer, who's back for his sixth year. You have Marinelli, Spencer Lee, um, and literally everybody. Everybody but that 149 spot, which we'll touch on later, how the puzzle pieces kind of fall there. Um, but then you add Jaden Ironman, who is a three-time All-American, took an Olympic redshirt last year. Um, he bumps in and fills that spot or somehow fills that spot. So you have a full 10 that are fully capable, all 10 of them, of probably being All-Americans at the end of the year at NCAAs. Um, all 10 of them definitely qualifying at least. Um, so really, like, they're in a great position to not only repeat what they did last year and what they could have done last year, but build on top of it and be even more dominant. Yeah, so you touched on too. I mean, bringing back all those guys, what are some holes or what are some of the weights that you kind of think, you know, there's still a little bit question marks in? Yeah, so even last year, like, there was really no weight classes besides 184, which got resolved in January, um, that there are big question marks in. You know, Max Murin was in at 141 last year when he was healthy. Um, he bumps up to 149, it looks like. Uh, through the probable lineups. And then Ironman comes in at his regular 141 spot. He's won three MAC championships in his career at that weight. So he's a very, very, very strong piece of the puzzle there. Um, and then again, like last year, 184 is probably going to be a toss-up between Ava Saad, who got his red shirt pulled last year, and Nelson Brands, who is the lone 184-pounder on this week's probables. Um, so 184, keep an eye on. 141 and 149 seem to be steady um, with the loss of Lugo last year and the switching that goes on there. Um, but really, like, there aren't any holes that need to be filled. Assad was an automatic NCAA qualifier last year. They're not going to take him out unless they have somebody that they think is more capable, can do the exact same thing, if not more. Um, so really, like, question marks, there, besides 184 and, like, the possibility of a toss-up there, there's none. Like I said, they have the possibility to take 10 to NCAAs and come out with at least 10 All-Americans. Um, so, yeah, it's an exciting group for sure. Yeah, so you touched on it. Jaden Ironman, Mizzou transfer. What do people need to know about him? What does he bring to the table? Yeah, he's a three-time All-American, like I said, placed third at NCAAs in 2019, his only loss coming to the eventual 141-pound champion. He's a three-time conference champion, ranked number one coming into the season. And really, like, he's just a dominant wrestler. Like, you add him in with a lineup that has Kemmerer, Marinelli, Lee already, like, he's just another one of those guys that's going to take you really far in matches. Um, he's going to give you dominant performances. And I think Hawkeye fans are going to really, really be excited for him. They got a little bit of um, a preview at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club showdown. Um, but I mean, to see him in a black and gold singlet is huge and is going to be huge for the lineup in the program. Yeah. So I know this isn't one that I included, but it's kind of one that just came up at the top of my head, but how often do you really see a guy that, you know, dominant or that talented transfer so late in his career? I mean, I know you talk about grad transfers when it comes to basketball and football, but I mean, how, how often do you really see that in wrestling? You know, I don't know really how often you see it, but I think for him with his goals, he did take an Olympic red shirt last year. Um, I think it's huge just jumping conferences. You know, the Big Ten is one of the most dominant conferences in wrestling. You have Penn State, you have Ohio State, Nebraska is ranked number six. Um, 
it's just all over, like compared to any conference in the nation, like is a step up in the wrestling world. So I think for Ironman to like take that step up, take his um, successes from the Mac and jump up to the big 10, the best conference in the nation in wrestling is just going to take an, it's just going to be another stepping stone to his career goals in going to the Olympics, winning Olympic gold medal, winning an NCAA title and to, you know, be ranked number one in the nation in the toughest conference in the nation is incredible. And I think it's just, you know, it's a step for him that is going to prepare him for the future. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, some of the weight classes that might be a little bit up in the air and really 184 was the only one that stood out. Brands is currently slotted in there for this weekend. Um, Assad is another guy that, you know, very talented. What's kind of your view on that weight class and how do you kind of see brand? I know, you know, you might not have like super deep inside info on it. And I don't think brands really has a good feel for what he wants to do with it either. Probably could be wrong there, but besides the point, what's your kind of feel about 184? Like how do you kind of break it down? No, Tom Brand said in his media day press conference that that one, that both of those guys are very capable wrestlers and will probably get goes at that weight um, over the course of the season. Um, Nelson Brands did beat Avisad nine to zero at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club Showdown on November first, so that's kind of an asterisk on the thing where, you know, that's probably why he's the go-to guy. And you know, maybe there are other issues with Avisad physically or something. Like, I don't know. Um, but that's hindering that, that he's not listed on the probable lineup. But also, like, they have two very capable guys. You know, Nelson Brands came out extremely strong at the beginning of the season We when he got goes at 184. Um, then Avisad stepped up and, you know, qualified for NCAAs and all of that stuff. So I just think that, you know, when it comes down to it, they're going to pick the most capable wrestler. And I don't think anybody at this point, even Tom Brands, knows who that is until they get looks this early in the season. You're at kind of a disadvantage where at this point in the year last year, Abasad had his red shirt had been pulled and he was the guy. Um, now you don't have that luxury of time, basically, because the season is just starting. It's January 15th. You have two months to figure it out, a month and a half, however long it is until the first week of March. Um, so I think it's just going to be a touch and go thing from week to week. And that makes it exciting because – you know, you've got these two guys that are going to be vying for spots. Maybe they both end up in the lineup somewhere years down the road. So it's just a chance for people to see kind of what they're capable of, both inside and outside the program. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, so from your standpoint of, you know, these two guys, how, have their, how do their st um, styles kind of differ from each other? Yeah, um... Brands, obviously he's a brands, you know, he's very physical. He's very dominant. Um, but last year, especially he didn't have that consistency. I mean, Assad didn't really have that consistency either, but he was more, you know, once his red shirt was pulled, he won his first two matches. He was the go-to guy. He was, 
he stepped up at Midlands, um, placed pretty highly from what I remember, and, uh, you know, took the trust of the program, which is really what they want from a guy. They don't want somebody that's going to step up in a ranked match and then fall to their opponent who's unranked and by and large should have beaten them. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how those two compete and how they gain that trust, basically. If one of them kind of steps up, if Brands, you know, takes what he learned last year, takes what he learned from his unaffiliated wrestling and, you know, steps up and holds what he did with that 9-0 win over Assad, if he just kind of keeps that consistency through the year. Moving on from 184, I mean, two of the past or two times in the last three seasons, Iowa's had to put a true freshman into the lineup. They have two guys, two true freshmen in the lineup right now, or at least in the probable um, for the duel against Nebraska. And that's, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing these names wrong. Brettley Rena at 149 and Patrick Kennedy at 174. What do you kind of know about this freshman class? I mean, obviously it's going to be tough to compete unless, you know, God forbid an injury with some of the guys ahead of them. But what do you know about Rena and Kennedy and kind of this whole freshman class? Yeah. So this freshman class especially is the one that's going to take over for Kemmerer, Lee, Marinelli, Ironman when they leave. Whoever, whenever that is, these are, these are the guys that are being grown to take over and to take the program to that next level And most importantly, like keep the success that they've had in the past two years. Once you leave all those big name guys that are ranked number one, number two right now, you want to keep the intensity and the dominance of the program. And I think that's what these guys are. So Kennedy, Reyna in the lineup doesn't really surprise me because one, you do want to grow them. You do want to get them that collegiate, you know, affiliated wrestling experience right away. And then also You know, it's just, like you said, there's an injury occurs. You want to have somebody ready to go. They ran into that problem in 2018, 2019, when Kemmerer went down. And when uh, multiple guys went down at 174, and they really had nobody to step in and cover that weight when NCAAs came around. The other thing is, it's going to be a sprint of a season. They have seven dual meets, or nine dual meets in seven weeks, I think it is, with those two or three triangle meets. You know, it's going to be a sprint. These guys like Kemmerer, Marinelli, Murin, whoever has a backup, they're going to need some time. They're going to need to, you know, obviously they want to train. They want to be at their, you know, peak for the whole season, especially when you get to March. But also like, that's a lot. They're going to be sore. They're going to be tired. They're going to fight through it, obviously, because, you know, they didn't get the chance to really do that last year. But it's nice to have those guys that can step in, get that experience, and then also, you know, kind of take a take the stress off of them for a week. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the, I mean, before we talk about Nebraska too, that upcoming duel on Friday, what are some of the duels that you have circled on your calendar? And what are some of the individual matchups that you're really, you know, looking forward to throughout the year? Yeah, so I guess the biggest one, both individual and team-wise, is always Penn State. That's on February 12th, not 2nd. Um, it's in state college was at Carver Hawkeye arena last year, notably, um, you know, it probably won't be 
it won't be a normal duel. Obviously, there aren't going to be fans. That place is not going to be packed full of Penn State fans. Um, so obviously, you know, the Hawkeyes kind of had an advantage there. But also, like, that's one of the biggest duels that is always circled 20 times on the calendar. Um, not even just, you know, team-wise, but Austin DeSanto will be facing Roman Bravo Young again, who notably in the duel last year, DeSanto fell to an injury default in the first period, um, which was a little rough for team score-wise um, and for DeSanto himself. Um, then Ironman versus Nick Lee. Both Lee and Bravo Young were runner-ups at Big Tens last year. They are dominant opponents. And so I think just to be able to see how far DeSanto has come in a year, how Ironman really matches up against the best, you know, 141 pounders in the nation because he hasn't faced those Big Ten guys on a consistent basis in his career. Um, so I think those are the big two that I'm just like, that's going to show Hawkeye fans and the program where they're at on their way to March. Mm-hmm. NCAA wise, who are the other teams? I know Oklahoma State always seems to have a pretty pretty talented team but as far as other national teams goes who are some of the other teams that like once March comes are ones that Iowa fans will need to know yeah so um Makai Lewis who is back from last year Virginia Tech he's the number one ranked wrestler at 165 always a huge matchup between him and Marinelli at NCAAs we'll see how the cards fall this year um but team wise you know the top three teams in the nation are Iowa Penn State and Michigan so those are Big 10 teams that you get to see in the regular season, get to see at Big 10s, and then, you know, go into NCAAs, having them on your calendar. Oklahoma State, always good. Ohio State, um, like I said, I think was ranked three last year at some point, is seven now. Um, So, I mean, you have all those teams. You don't get to face Oklahoma State this year, which is kind of unfortunate um, with the conference-only schedule. But with the way the Big 10 and the national rankings shake out right now, seeing just those big 10 teams doesn't hurt you at all because they're the ones at the top of the pack and they're going to be the ones that you're facing most probably trying to edge out in team points in March. So what, what are your expectations for this team? I mean, everyone back almost and just the talent they have big 10 obviously is not going to be an easy road this year. Um, I mean, it never is in college wrestling, but it seems to be really a step up this year too. So what are your kind of thoughts on the team and what do you kind of see, you know, how you think they'll end up doing this year? Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, you know, they are a carbon copy of what they were last year, maybe even better. Um, so it's very hard again, like we're a month and a half away in a, or two months away in a very, very weird season. Um, so injuries can happen, God forbid, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next two months, basically. Um, I think it's hard to think of this team as repeating their, um, 2020 big 10 championship and going into NCAAs as the far and away favorite, you know, Penn state lost a bit, a lot of its big wrestlers, um, that could really go, um, bout for bout with Iowa, um, Obviously, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the next month before they pay, face Penn State and then get to Big Tens. But it's just very, very hard when you look at all the lineups matched up against each other, especially Iowa and Penn State, that Iowa doesn't take the team title in March, barring any unforeseen, you know, circumstances. 
Right. I mean, we've seen that so much with COVID protocols and football and basketball. So hopefully it's not the same scenario. I mean, it's, it's evident that I think something will happen. Um, but you know, it's, there's just the world we live in nowadays. So let's look at the Nebraska duel on Friday, 8, 10 PM central time on the big 10 network, number six, Nebraska, the, uh, the probable is you got Spencer Lee at 125 or Aaron Cashman. Obviously that's going to be Spencer Lee, Austin DeSanto at 133, Jay Nairman 141, Max Murin or Brett Lee Rena at 149, Caleb Young at 157, Alex Marinelli at 165, Kermer at 174, or Patrick Kennedy. You got Nelson Brands at 184, Werner Corbin at 197, then Cassie Opie at 285. So what were your kind of initial thoughts on the, on the probable list for Iowa? Yeah, so it's not super surprising. I mean, like I said, they had nine of ten um, starters returning from last year. You have Ironman slotted in at that missing spot. Like, we've known for a very long time what their day-to-day lineup is going to be. Um, my main focus was on 184, who was going to be there. Not really surprised that Nelson Brands is there, especially with his win over Abe Assad at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club showdown. Um, I was a little surprised to see Kennedy and Reyna in there just because like they are two freshmen. This is the first, you know, organized conference, collegiate, whatever you want to call it, competition since Big Tens ended on March 8th. So I was kind of surprised to see them just because, you know, I feel like you want to throw those starters out there right away. Aaron Cashman, surprised to see him on there. Um, but again, like you want to have options going into the duel. And that's what they have. And I think they have really good options. So, yeah, it wasn't really surprising. Um, but the backups that I do see, I think they're going to be a good fit. Yeah, so according to track wrestling, there are so four potential top ten matchups in Friday's duel. You have Ironman and Chad Red at 141. You have Kemmer and Mike Labriola at 174. You have Brands and Benz at 184. And you have Warner and Eric Schultz at 197. Which one of those four are you kind of like, okay, like that's the one I need to see or that's the one I'm really – you kind of think you'll take away a lot from? Yeah, you know, Warner and Schultz, obviously they're the closest ranked, highest ranked in terms of like the matchups. Um, so that one is all – like I think is going to be a good one just because Warner tends to wrestle up to his opponent. Like he tends to come out – firing when he's got you know this number two matchup on his calendar um especially because you know he's been in training mode I'm really interested to see how he comes out um of the gate and then another one is Ironman Red you know Chad Red is a very dominant wrestler and this is Ironman's first Hawkeye duel I'm really interested to see you know how when he steps into Carver Hawkeye Arena for the first time you know I don't envision that necessarily I mean, there's always a chance for it to be, you know, a really tight match. And honestly, it probably will be. But also, like, not even in terms of that, just seeing Ironman on the map for the first time and seeing exactly how he fits into that Iowa lineup is really, really exciting. What's a sneaky good matchup that might not be one of those, you know, top 10 potential ones? Yeah. Um, the problem, the difficulty answering a question like this with Iowa's lineup is they have a tendency to just absolutely steamroll big 10 teams steamrolled Ohio state last year, like lose maybe two or three matches. And so looking at these, like 
Nebraska has a really good lineup and they could be great. I mean, 149, 157, um, 184 with Nelson Brands, like first time he's wrestled for the Hawk, like not the first time, but the first time in a while that he's wrestled and like actually been that go-to guy. Um, I think like this entire Iowa lineup has the ability to come out firing right away. And you could say it's a good matchup, any of these really. Um, but then like they come out and they just absolutely dominate these guys and it's just not foreseen. So, I mean, really like looking at these, any ranked matchup is a good matchup because these are guys that are going to help the Hawkeyes build up to where they need to be in March. Um, but yeah, definitely those top five, top 10 ones are going to be really, really important to keep an eye on. So you're saying that Iowa, your prediction is Iowa takes this one, right? Yes. Yeah. Not even a hard question. Yes. No, sorry. You know, I'm not, I'm not good at that stuff. Um, so we had a couple questions on Twitter and from our message boards. We picked out three of them. The first one is, can Nelson brands hold up for an entire season? Yeah. You know, like I said before, I think it is going to be a toggle between Assad and brands. At least that's kind of what the indication that Tom brands has given us. Um, I think he can, like I said, like he needs to stay consistent. Um, he, when he goes out there and he has huge match, he wrestles up and sometimes he wrestles down when he maybe doesn't have a huge match. Um, so I think, you know, if he wrestles up all the time, he doesn't fall to his opponents, um, you know, rankings or whatever it may be. I think he can be that go-to guy, especially with the win earlier this year over Assad. Um, he probably won't be the guy every single week. Assad will probably be in there at some point just to get a look at him. You know, he was the qualifier last year. Um, but I think that way is going to be really, really interesting because no matter who takes it, they have the ability to be a strong, you know, wrestler in that lineup. Second one is, would Dog return for his seventh year? Um, you know, Alex Marinelli has already said that if they want him back, he will be back. Um, I think it hinges a lot on what happens this year, especially with COVID, you know, up in the air, all this stuff. Kemmer has had a lot of years taken away from him um, with his injuries and whatnot. And so I think it's, I mean, you never know what the guy's going to do at the end of the year. If he wins an NCAA title, whether he's going to, you know, take that and go or if he's going to come back. But I really think that if the Hawkeyes have a chance to be dominant, continuously and you know Kemmer has a chance to you know either go back to back in NCAA titles or really just you know help this team win another team title in 2022 he's going to come back especially with Marinelli already saying he's game for another year yeah so the next one I mean you touched on a little bit does Chad Red have a chance to hang with Ironman on Friday yeah. Um, I mean, I think he does, you know, it's the first duel out of the gate. The, the Huskers did corn Huskers, whatever their name is, um, did win their duel last week. Um, like I said, Chad Reddit is a very dominant wrestler. Um, Ironman, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how dominant Ironman is. Like, of course, everybody has a chance to hang with their opponent. Maybe, you know, not against Spencer Lee, but anybody else, absolutely, because you never know how guys are going to come out of the gate, whether they're going to wrestle down or they wrestle up to their opponent. 
Um, I think it's more of a question of how dominant is Ironman going to be against a top 10, some in some rankings, top five matchup in a weight class in a new conference. So I, I added one more question because someone asked the last second, but how many champions are the Hawks in the big 10 and nationals? Yeah. Um, I actually got this question for a thing we're doing for IA wrestle. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, big 10, I hadn't really thought about, I'm going to, let me look at the NCAA's champions. I'm going to go four. and one is obviously Spencer Lee. The other ones you can kind of fill in, um, you know, over there, but I'm going to go with four, three or four I'm leaning towards four, just because, you know, looking at, um, the rankings and all this stuff. Iowa has a lot of dominant wrestlers, a lot of them. And a lot of them are mad about last year and they're hurt and they want that chance to prove that they are the best of the nation. And I just think that that's a perfect combination for them to go and do it this year. Um, Like I said, 10 All-Americans is by far a possibility. Um, But I think of those guys, four can – or have a very, very good chance of breaking through and taking home, you know, their own gold at the end of it. Big 10 wise, you know, Iowa had, I think three or four champions last year, three. Um, Yeah, three or four. So I think they can add on to that. You know, in the big 10 there, a lot of these guys are separated in the rankings. And so I really think that like, if Iowa crowns five big 10 champions, six, like that's, I don't think out of the realm of possibility, you have Spencer Lee, Ironman, you know, Marinelli, Kemmer. It just kind of depends, you know, how they, what guys decide to step up and what guys do step up and what guys don't. So it'll be very interesting to see. Anna, you're the expert. So was there anything that I missed on asking you? That, you know, you feel like you should cover, we should cover. You did a pretty, you know, comprehensive kind of little snippet of wrestling. Um, I don't think so. See, I told, I, I told you, I knew yeah, this yeah, stuff. I, I'm proud of you. I was not a big wrestling guy, but you know, over the past year or so I've, or in the past, past week, maybe um, <laughs> I've really come to come to enjoy it. So yeah, there's never As a time to learn about Iowa wrestling when they are the best in the nation and are completely dominant. So. Exactly, you know, because it seems like it's going to be that way for a while. But Anna, where where can people find your work and where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is Kaiser Anna M. Um, K a y s e r a n n a m. And that's basically where I share all my work. Um, definitely follow IA Wrestle. We do a lot of good work. I'll be doing some different stuff with the Hawkeyes this year and also um, wrestling content in the state of Iowa, which is huge, huge culture thing. Um, so that's really important. They, you know, grow a lot of really dominant wrestlers. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Basically Twitter. It's where I am 24-7. where all my work is. Like I said, guys, Anna does a fantastic job at IA Wrestle and everything else she does. So make sure you give her a follow. And Anna, thanks again for joining us. We'll have to have you on at some other point during the season. Hopefully not with Dave on the pod.
<laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be back. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.